This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Caroline Huthart from Wellington, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood, also from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network 21 episode, sorry, 2126, brought to you today by S Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God, it's Tuesday. Top class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Coming up on today's show is jumping, jumping, more jumping, and... How about a little green, green grass? That's right. We're going to chat a little bit with the folks from Fresh Mat and learn all about fresh forage for your pony. And then Samia Staley is going to stop by and talk about a film called Desert Flight, a love letter, a love letter to show jumpers. And it is awesome. And then to wrap things up, we're going to have a chat with Anthony Douglas and talk a little bit about training theory and how it crosses over disciplinary lines, all of that and more. And coming up. Caroline and Emily are going to tell us all about their latest adventures since we spoke last because they're here they're here every month on the first Tuesday. What you been up to, ladies? Oh boy, it's been exciting. We had a wonderful WEF. Everything closed out. There was horse sales. Horses were fantastic. They developed, they move up levels. We had a really, really wonderful WEF. Um, but it was very, uh, laborious. It was labor intensive. We were working hard and in my usual fashion, I did work, uh, clearly a little too hard. Um, everybody is salty at me for it, but I did not think All that right, I let's had just get any to proper, it, you any were in the hospital. Anyways. <laughs> You were hospitalized was, for, for seven, seven days. days. I, was, I only just got out of the hospital a week ago. I was on a seven-day IV. I almost went septic. Um, I made it to the end of circuit. Week 12, baby. I was done. And then I did. I went in. I thought I was dehydrated. I said I don't feel good. You know, like, I didn't have any other symptoms. Everybody's yelling at me. And I'm like, you guys, like, I'm not totally negligent. Like, I mean, I know I keep working, whatever. But but yeah, no, so it's true. I did. Um, and let that be a lesson to you all. Uh, sometimes I had a, well, okay. So I had a serious kidney infection and I almost went septic and sometimes you do not get any UTI symptoms. So I had no other symptoms. They said your symptoms, get this, are back pain and fatigue. Ooh, I can't wait. That's my life. So I didn't know. Everybody's yelling at me. I'm like, you guys, I wasn't trying to be kamikaze about it. Yes, I needed to make it to week 12 and I did it. But yeah, anyways, it was very, very trying. So it was seven days in the uh, in the hospital here, Wellington Regional um, on IV antibiotics. My kidney infection is gone. I am trying to get back to normal life. Well, the fun uh, thing was, is you were alarmed to the bed. I was. I had an alarm on my bed. I was an IV 24-7. Um, if I tried to move too much in the bed, the alarm, which I didn't, they didn't tell me, of course, I had to, of course, in usual oh, fashion. it was a terrible sound. <laughs> so I was like tripping the alarm. And I'm like, well, yeah. there are like five people in here quick. Like I thought pushing the panic button caught him, got him here quick, but apparently just trying to get out of the bed gets him here quick. So that was cool. Um, but and Wellington Regional is very funny. I mean, if you actually do go there because there's so many horse people down here and especially during circuit that there's like murals on the walls of like horses. But you feel a little bit at home, although you don't want to be there. Not for seven days. No, it was, it was terrible. Um, but everybody, you know, take care of yourselves. Do not do what I did. Even if you have some back pain and you think it's no big deal. Um, I think very simply you can do a UA or urine analysis, even a blood screen 
and see going forward. I will request that to be honest, because as horse people come on fatigue and back pain, give me a break. Like I have herniated discs, you know, discs in my back. Like, <clears throat> well, and it ain't nothing to pee in a cup. So just do but, it. Just do it. Just do it. Because this was really something else. Um, and, and again, we did like champions make it to the end of circuit, but it's been a little dodgy to be honest, all joking aside, it really has been. So, um, but I'm on the men, so nobody worry. It was, it was a little scary there for a moment. Um, but I think I'm, you know, really, really coming out of the woods here. So that's basically been like, since we spoke to y'all last. So I know it seems like more things could have, should have gone on, but it was like just multiple episodes of like, not, you know, surviving <laughs> essentially. So we're ready. We're ready. And it's about to be summer. So all of our horses are gearing up and we've been posting a bunch on Facebook. So you guys check it out on our regular pages too. Caroline Huthart, Emily Wood, our little polo pony treasure. She's Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you that I taught our little dressage girl her first jumping lesson on treasure and she took her around like she's been doing it her whole life. She taught Sarah to jump. It is a good horse it is nothing like you say chestnut thoroughbred and mare she is none of those things oh wait so now i need i need to know then give me more background on on the horse because i didn't hear the last episode it's it's the richest background ever actually caroline go she's a thoroughbred she's seven she played polo but didn't gallop enough she did mounted pistol shooting uh enough for that. Either. I wouldn't gallop fast enough for that. I wear big ass. Look at my spurs that mm-hmm. I bought. My big raw spurs. Oh, I know. I had her too with the dressage whip. No, I know. And She's I grew up on thoroughbreds. I've never. She is the sweetest thing. She's never done anything bad. I'm just like, I don't know how we haven't got a whole Well, we only just taught her to jump really about two and a half months ago. And she is so good. I mean, like you, like she goes, she's not dead to the leg, but like you need a little spur, you need a little whip or something just to encourage her, you know, not that you have to like smack but or anything she doesn't like this. say no. And she yeah. has no bad thoughts. And the worst can- thing she does is stare at something and look. And yeah, that is her naughty, but. But like the scope, I, I was so surprised because, uh, you know, they said it was possibly a th- it, it was polo she bread, you a good bread but like, she I don't is, know. I want a yeah. DNA type. I feel like there might be a smidge of, a, you know, quarter horse or appendix or something in there. Else. She's just beautiful, big chest, big hip. You know, she does look, you know, more like a warm blood, but she's been funny for us because, she's you know, so we tell sweet. people about her the mounted pistol shooting, the polo playing and they're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's a thoroughbred <laughs> and she's red she's and she's red. a mare. And I'm like, nah, but she's really not any of those. She really is a lovely, lovely mare. So we do keep trying to post with her. She's our little underdog story and she's going super. She's going to start showing actually, I think here um, in the next few weeks. So yeah, stay tuned on our Facebook pages because she's our golden child. Literally. she's so cute. She's got like a perfect diamond star in the middle of her forehead. Like she's beautiful and she doesn't have any naughty manners like even like she's very humble you know she's grateful you know she like you come and bring her a cookie or something and like she'll spoil a little bit and maybe think about pawing and then she's like nah i'm just happy to be here she does (laughs) not play the type you're saying (laughs) she doesn't she's such a good girl she really is a lovely lovely mare so we're gonna keep posting with her because she's just a fun story to watch but yeah that's basically again i didn't get to hear her her introduction to the universe how did you end up with this little mare Emily she, got her. Yeah, I was out at one of my other accounts that I work as a top, a top, top horse, horse dealer trainer in the U.S. And um, the person brought the mare to his ring to jump around probably five or six times. And I jumped her around. Uh, and the story of my life, like I get on so many horses every day, you know, at my smallest number, probably six, the biggest, probably 12, 14, you know. Uh, for big days and um nobody really gives me very much information they're like do you have a saddle and i'm like no and they're like okay we'll put on a saddle i'm like okay thank you you know like <laughs> can you tell me how old the horse is i don't know you're gonna have to ask the owner has it jumped okay. before awesome. no right so like i'm just like i'm I, it's like I'm, I'm feeling the horse you know like i got him on the other week that nobody told me it was four years old and i'm like i'm not really steering so good i look like a <laughs> 
loser out here. And I'm thinking like, Emily, tighten it up. Come on, put on your legs. Come on, sit up. You know, I'm giving myself a pep talk because like everybody's out there at Wellington watching me and I'm like, I look ridiculous. And then I find out the horse has been ridden like six times. You know, I'm like, okay, well, that's better. Or you sent me the dressage horse that you thought was a jumping horse and you go, Caroline, go jump jump around. Exactly. And then you're like, oh no, I'm sorry. It's never jumped before ever. It's just the same color as the other one that came. I'm sorry. I apologize. So whatever, you know, things happen when there's a lot of horses. Um, But this horse did come in and nobody told me um, anything and I was getting barked orders at and boom, boom, jump this, go to the oxer. And the owner was like, she did it. She did it. She's only jumped three times. I mean, you're jumping a solid three foot six over really scary jumps. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really in charge. Uh, (laughs) These are my instructions. And yes, correct. We are doing it. And she did it wonderfully. She walked down the show lines. And she jacks her knees up. We did. And then after, which is probably nice. I didn't know beforehand because I may have ridden her a little different. I got on her. It was, you know, 12th horse in the day. I'm like, all right, pretty red horse. We're going to go cruise around here, you know, down to the oxer. Same like everybody else down the outside line. Let's go to the combination. Like I just cruised her around and she was a doll. She Oh, wait, wait. But didn't you say, okay, we call her treasure. But didn't you say her name is actually one man's trash? Yeah. That was the, the, because she's on by polo people. And so they were kind of joking because she doesn't gallop good. And so they named her one, one man's trash and we just ignored it. And just, you know, treasure is better. Aww. Is treasure <laughs> with us. She finally found her calling in life with she's you. So good. She's so good. I just did the next step. Like we have to get her a proper home. Like the mayor is such a gem. She is so lo- She's pretty too. I mean, to be honest, I would love, love to get her DNA typed. I mean, we love thoroughbreds. They're pretty, whatever, but like the mayor is a little bit bigger, maybe European line thoroughbred or something. I don't know. Or maybe there's a little quarter horse in there, but she's just, she's probably 16, one or so a nice substantial horse is my point. Big rib cage, take up your leg, you yeah. know, like she's cool. Yeah. She's just, we, we got to find her a good home, but we'll keep posting about her. But yeah, she is no, no mounted pistol shooting in traditional Western garb, no uh, polo playing, no galloping in the gag. She's not into it. She's a, she's a, she's a show hunter. All she needs is a little tiara and she's ready to go. She needs a little treasure. We changed her name. She got a little makeover. She's ready to go. Oh my gosh. So you keep checking her out. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of treasures, We've uh, we've got a, a treasure of a guest coming up to talk about a film that they made. Tell me a little bit about uh, what's coming up. Oh, yeah. We are very excited. We were blown away when we watched this film. You are going to hear all about it with Samia here is a, is a very accredited film producer. And the video does not disappoint. And especially, honestly, if you're not a show jumping fan or in the know, you'll just go head over heels for this. Definitely, if you just love horses, or even captures that. I feel like everything in our episode today is cross-discipline. We're in. We have our first guest as accomplished filmmaker, Samia Staley, who has gifted the equestrian community with an incredibly accurate and beautiful documentary short film on our amazing sport of show jumping. Welcome to the show, Samia. Oh, I thank you very much. What an intro. I know. Well, we're very excited. You got two show jumping junkies here and a bunch of people listening. I could not tell you how excited we were to watch your video and we were super bummed. We tried to get you all on last month and we all had our, our scheduling differences. You're you're a busy girl, but thank you so much again for taking the time for us today. Sure, you bet. This is it. You all have to check this out. We watched it a couple times. It is it's this such wonderful, an awesome, it's so good. awesome film. It's so good. <laughs> It's show jumping. It is called Desert Flight, um, which is streaming, I believe, on USCF. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is to all members. And as well, you can join as a fan member for free with a promo code. Big surprise. We use the word Desert Flight. You wouldn't (laughs) have to pay to watch it. It, which is very, very nice too, which we all appreciate that because I think it's uh, very well done. I mean, it's, it's so many different angles and everything like this, but before we dig into that, let, let's hear a little bit about you, Simia. You are a show jumping girl yourself. Tell us how you got started, your background with horses. How, how did all of this come about? Sure. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I started out with horses very young with parents who were smart enough to put me on ponies and my siblings uh, and dad was working abroad in Switzerland, and then India. So we had an education that came with horses, and we were on horses all the time and competed and started out show jumping, even in India. 
And then just like so many people, college takes over. And then I followed some family roots to journalism and became a TV producer. And that took me abroad to London, to Paris. I came back and worked in Washington, D.C. in the West Coast as well. I even became like I got myself a law degree. And then in the background, I remembered the addiction that is riding horses and that is show jumping. And as soon as I guess I had the opportunity, I started writing again, not too, too seriously, but just like so many of us, the addiction took over all of all over again. And so there it is, you know, this pursuit of wanting to be with the horses and the pursuit of flight on a horse. So that kind of goes behind the title of the movie, uh, because I think all of us who love show jumping are a little bit obsessed with it. I think you'd agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a sickness. <laughs> Some sort of, yeah, I don't want to so, call it a sickness because it feels great, no, it's but definitely yes. a disease. <laughs> it is, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, yeah, it's serious. It's definitely well, it's progressive. You know, it, it, it is, and, but it's so, it's so deep rooted, you know, and it's interesting how to, to me it was interesting that I thought I just wanted to do it as a hobby and then just seeped right back into my blood. But if you think about it, it's ancient. We all wanted to ride horses from the very get go, and we all wanted that sensation of flying in the horse. To, to people was the original airplane and everything else and the sports car and so forth. And we just love that partnership with the horse. And it just seems to have more dimensions than we can explain. And so that's sort of what draws all horse riders together, I think. And so I wanted the movie to kind of explore the depth of that feeling, if you will. And you, I thought it was interesting reading the bio and y'all can check it out at desertflightmovie.com. Uh, the about page, um, it talks about your crew. You yourself are a horse girl and you've come back to your roots as we all do. Uh, if you're really, really bit by the bug and you're uh, an amateur show jumper, as I understand, aspiring for the big ring, which is very, very cool. But you are an insider and it sounds like you had a camera crew, kind of all of it. Or I'm not super in the lingo with the film filmmaker lingo here, but it sounds like kind of your whole crew was not horse people. Is that correct? That <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very scary. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, as a producer, I had sort of recognized their skill as, as filmmakers because we had worked on other projects, totally unrelated projects together. And I even something like a, a school reunion and they they do corporate stuff and they even, you know, they'll, they covered what really struck me is that they covered weddings in the most amazing way possible. Like talk about really capturing the moment and the details and the eye that the cameraman had and the, and the skill of the interview. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, what would happen if I put that talent? And these are the guys from tell studios in Detroit, Michigan, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Corral and John Azoni and, and um, Grant McClure was the editor on this um, and other guys too. But um just uh, the the depth of their interview skills, as well as the angles that they were getting, I remember thinking, well, if I put that together with the horse show scene, and here I am on the A circuit with access to people like Richard Spooner and Will Simpson and Ashley Bond and so forth, um, you know, I, I kind of started a passion project, let's just do a fun little piece about show jumping, and then I realized that Back in the day, my bosses at AP would have just kicked me for missing these stories because Flexible was there, close to retirement. The million was coming up. These riders were competing at the highest level still. And so the producer and me kind of kicked in and said, look, we need to turn the camera to them and really tell the story. And, and it was so well done. I didn't realize until I started digging more, just trying to get the backstory that the crew was not, were not horse people because I mean, you know, the angles, all of it, it's, you feel sometimes it's lost on people that come in, which it really shouldn't be because it's such a magnificent sport, but it, it was just spot on um, with, with all of the interviews. And, and, and I was shocked with the angles really. Did you have to coach people or were they able to just pick up on it because they're so no, good no, at their no, job? No, 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 they took off, they took off running, you know, that's and that's awesome. where, you know, they were asking me, oh, well, what would you like for your project? Um, I would like to explain the passion that's behind the sport, why people do it, why they work so hard, why they wake up so early. And they said, oh, yeah, so why do they do it? And I said, well, go find out. 
go find they out. did <laughs> you know and <laughs> i think it was a wonderful catalyst actually the fact of them not being insiders is why they thought the same thing that might be interesting to them they wanted to know why they would care about show jumping and that's where i think the interviews went and literally went to the heart of things you know and that's where the line a love letter to the sport of show jumping comes from because we were we're all running around saying what is it we're actually trying to do and my husband said you know what you're doing you're writing a love letter to the sport of show jumping and i remember thinking yeah you know that's now we have a perspective and so the outsider's perspective, I think, helped. I think the fact that they needed to find stuff that a general audience would relate to is how they got to the bottom of it. Which is so cool because all we talk about, well, not all we talk about, but, you know, we, Caroline and I ride fairly top sport. We want to ride top, top sport. Um, but we're we're plugged into that A-Circuit community and the you know, the, the, the crowd, well, the, for example, that article that was passed around, um, about the Grand Prix in Kentucky and it was pouring down rain and like everybody was packed in the stands and like, wow, wow, wow. Because a lot of them were eventing riders and things like this. And they were so excited to see the sport of show jumping. Like the stand should be packed. Like it is in Europe, like show jumping is awesome. And I think it is awesome to a general public, but it has to be relatable there has to be a way for them to to relate with it. And your video really does that and, and touches on things that maybe we don't see anymore or take a little bit for granted. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. We all run around. We, we're ignoring the sunrise and we're ignoring yeah. the, the beauty of the horses. And these guys are looking at these animals saying, oh, my God, you're riding. <laughs> yeah. Look at this unicorn of a horse. And they learn so much. And one day I turned to Ryan. I said, so what did you learn about horses today? And he's like, well, he said, I learned I'm not supposed to stand behind one. <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. That was, that was, uh, that was That's the a good one. Curve. But yeah, you know, the thing is the sport has so much to relate to that speaks to the present and that speaks to the future. We tend to think of show jumping and other equestrian sports as a sport of the past. But if you look again, um, for one thing, there's the everyday working with animals and learning to be with animals and understand them at a time when science is catching up with just how sentient animals are. You know, there's all sorts of science, all sorts of YouTube videos, animals at play, and basically the breaking down of the world's biggest language barrier to where if you develop the skills to communicate with animals, uh, that's, that's of the future. Uh, the other thing about show jumping and any equestrian sport, especially in the Olympics, is that gender is completely irrelevant. You know, this arena, when you're a show jumper, belongs not even secretly to guys or girls or young or old. It's just a pure test of character and how you built your team. So that's so true. Absolutely to the future. To me, I was watching uh, an event over at Spruce Meadows right near the in gate there, the international ring and out walks Eric Lamaze on a horse on Hickstead. He had had a fabulous jump off and he looks at his peers and says, darkly, he says, Jill's next, meaning Jill Henselwood. And there was so much respect and genuine, she could take my score away and just not in any way thinking of gender about his competitor. And I, I just remember thinking I'm just in the best sport in the world that way. It really is. Even the, 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 to see such a huge percentage of our top athletes peak in their like forties and fifties is so Absolutely. encouraging. Obviously yeah. like you get the, the young riders exactly. and all this. But Ian Miller, who just retired, I had heard, and I'm not sure this is accurate, but it, the, the quote running around is that even two, three years ago, somebody asked him, are you, you know, when are you going to retire? And he said, from what? <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's, you develop character, you develop the, the ability to deal with the pressure of competition. You, you continue to develop your relationship with the horse. The long timeline of, of uh, a lot of equestrian sport is super interesting to me. I like racing, but at the same time, the horse's career ends at age three or something, you know, like for most of them, whereas a show jumper really needs to work on that team and the team and the horse will peak typically around, you know, eight, 10 and so forth. And as we know from flexible, that partnership can last a lifetime. 
And that's incredibly rewarding well beyond the sporting arena. And so that's where it becomes a lifestyle and a life. It really and, does. Uh, so, yeah. Flexible. Exactly. So, I saw know. that. I forgot that in your video when I was when I was watching because we're on the on the East Coast and we're familiar, of course, with all the top West Coast riders. Plenty, but it's not ingrained in you so much. You know, we're watching McLean and and Todd and, and whoever you know Margie jumping around. But flexible. I he jumped. What was he? Twenty one or something? Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, he was winning big stuff. I saw him win big stuff. Age nineteen, eighteen. Um, just so competitive and so clever. I saw this horse be taken, you know, Rich took him on a, a an, an inside turn that I don't think the course designer intended even. And this little horse just looked at the problem, saw the big oxer, trotted behind, fixed the distance, and they won the class. And to just watch that kind of, well, I got to watch um, the Spooner win the, the, the cup with, uh, with Cristallo, and that was just absolutely amazing. Again, just the team at work. Uh, he was riding an 18-year-old horse when he when he won that cup, and um, that I'm going to have to revisit because for some reason it's slipping my mind the name of the the Derby that he won. So you're not going to be able to use that with Cristallo, but maybe we well, could revisit John it. Well, and John Whitaker's uh, horse Milton went till he was 18. Yeah, and that yeah. horse and was, was fantastic. A- yeah, and again, you, it's it's the relationship between the horse and rider becomes completely evident, and uh, that's where the human has to really invest in his partner or her partner and put the time in, and that transcends a little bit just pure sport hurdles, clocks, balance beams. Now you're developing a partner that's completely unique. Uh, and I think that's the pursuit that inspires a lot of people. And at that point, it really doesn't matter what your level is, what your competition level is. The life with horses alone can be so rewarding. Oh, yeah, it's a process and it's all in. You have to be all in for sure to build that partnership, which I think has got to have been so interesting for you to have that whole crew there that didn't really have any experience with horses, let alone something so involved as show jumping and so long, like, you know, we're saying with the horses, uh, longevity of their career and the riders. I mean, what, what were some of the things I'm so curious that they, that the comments that they would make as, as kind of newbies watching, like what is going on here with even the the age (laughs) of the riders has to be interesting for them to be, you know, everybody knows professional sports and you're like, wow, like this sport is dominated by people like in their fifties and older, you know, like how strange. Yeah. Well, but that's, you know, and that's sort of the pressure of the, of the, the pressure of the format because they do, this is their format. They do all interviews and kind of let the story emerge. So although there was a lot of discussion of this and that, the whole process of making the film, I think was then the, the process of discovery for them. And we all basically had so much material that it wasn't until the final cut, I think, that we all realized how much we had learned from the whole journey. In other words, it wasn't like, oh, look, we're telling the story of the passion of the horse and this and that and age. And and these are just things that emerged as we went. And in a way, we go back and look at the movie and discover as much as anybody else uh, what happened in front of the camera. And uh, so it's it's a very cool format it's a difficult format because you have to string those interviews together and somehow tell a narrative and have the ability to not use material if it's not immediately relevant and that's where Grant McClure I think in particular uh shown in his uh, in his editing and um John Azoni's camera work caught the magic and so it was really quite a good team and Ryan's interviews were amazing I used to do interviews and I would get terribly nervous and want them to be over. And he would do an interview and say, Ashley, tell me about your tattoos. And <laughs> just think about asking that question. And then here we are saying it's desert flight. It's about flight. And she says, my tattoos of a winged horse, shoulder to shoulder. And there's the moment. So I don't think there was too, too much. We were busy capturing everything. and then. I guess the story emerged on its own in the end. 
It really did. And I mean, I, as an avid show jumper and professional, I mean, Carolyn and I both are ridden since we we're young, jump Grand Prix, you know, top sport, whatever. Like it was so, you just don't see things that are so well done and so accurate. I just have to tell you, it was absolutely phenomenally well done. And it really, really did give the, the feeling that we all experience as show jumpers. And I encourage you guys to check it out. It's desert flight dot dot com. And Simia, I hope you do something else with our sport and, and keep bringing uh, new new people, new spectators, making it exciting for, for our general public because this really is such a wonderful sport and you've really captured it. Well, thank you so much. That's inspiring to hear and we'll, uh, we'll get back to it. We are going to stay in touch with you, Simia. Thank you so much again for your time and we absolutely love the movie. You guys check it out, desertflightmovie.com. Thank you, Simia's. What a, it is a cool movie. We got to see it at WEG, and I cannot recommend it enough, just like you guys. Let's take a lovely musical interlude and listen to a little bit of cowhand.com in honor of our final guest of the day while we get Sophia on. on to this brand new ranch it was owned by a bunch of fancy pants but they did have several high dollar trucks and trailers well there was barns and pens it was under construction and i was informed by phone i'd receive my instruction in a video arriving in a padded mailer it said sort the cows in pen 11 then bring us a tag so we can scan them and i didn't have a clue but i took a sack full of them to headquarters there was a lady at a computer typing in numbers, and the more she typed, the more I felt dumber, and she said, yep, 501's too old, gotta go back and sort her. <laughs> I replied, I ain't no cowhand, cowhand.com. I don't know where I just landed, scroll me back to where I'm from, cause I don't need no printout telling me that it's time to wean. Never seen a cow. Pulled by a machine And this information highway Keeps my pony sore and lean I ain't no cowhand.com Well, my security pass slash photo ID Opened the gate and picked out a horse for me And you punch in a code and it start an automatic feeder you still had to step over what them cows was downloading and you did hair analysis with a digital modem and put a cow up on the screen it'd tell you which bull's gonna breed her well then they give me this laptop from my saddlebags and it got dusty out riding dragon i knew the boss was gonna have my hide well they said just boot it up open the windows something about a mouse and a bunch of menus so i hauled off and kicked it I kept the windows closed cause it was freezing outside. I ain't no cowhand, cowhand.com. I don't know where I just landed, scroll me back to where I'm from. Cause I don't need no printout telling me which stall to clean. Never seen a horse shot by a machine. And this information highway keeps my pony sore and lean. I ain't no cowhand.com. Well, then they start talking downsizing and linking up. I told them I was heading for the tall and the uncut. They could stick that Pentium right in their AOL. There's faxing emails and hazing the web, and they even had a megabyte RAM. That sounds inbred. I reckon those people wouldn't know the difference between a hard drive and a paper trail. I ain't no cowhand, cowhand.com. Don't need no information highway to get back to where I'm from. And I don't need no printout telling me which colt is green. Never seen a bronc. Broke by a machine Besides this little cell phone Just don't fit good in my jeans I ain't no cowhand.com I ain't no HTTP Colon backslash backslash And all one word All little letters www. 
Callhand.com. Yeah, that's what you get when you try to cross one of them computers with a cowboy. Next, we have a great product called Fresh Mat to learn about. We were just introduced to the product in Wellington this week. We have Sophia Grossman, the co-founder of Fresh Mat here. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Thank you so much. It's very nice to be on here. So, Sophia, please fill us in on exactly what the product is. Caroline and I know a little bit because we did sit with your husband, Jonathan, um, over in Grand Prix Village this last week. But tell our audience, what is Fresh Mat? What is, what is the premise behind this product? Okay, so uh, we created FreshMat as the first and only product of its kind, completely unique for horses. It's a highly digestible and very nutritious supplement that not only hydrates horses, it also reduces recovery time. It has anti-inflammatory properties. It aids in digestion. Um, FreshMat is dust-free, which is a huge benefit for horses with respiratory problems. Um, It is a live, fresh, and natural feed that is not only non-GMO, chemical, pesticide-free, but it's also glyphosate-free. And as many of you know, glyphosates are um, herbicides that cause a lot of problems in our horses. So uh, Freshman is not only uh, rich in vitamins, minerals, enzymes, amino acids. It's an excellent source of protein, and it'll benefit all types of horses, whether it's an athlete, a trail horse, just a pet. It's a horse that it's a. I'm sorry, it's a supplement that you can give to any horse that will greatly complement their diet. Now, but and it is a sprouted um, barley, correct? It's a sprouted barley. That's right. Okay. And when we're meeting with Jonathan, uh, we did speak about uh, quite a few big accounts that you all have, top show jumping, racing, dressage, uh, top professionals that are using the product. And he said that it's possible to actually remove the grain from the horse's diet. Is that correct? That's correct. So depending on the need of each individual horse, Some horses have been taken off of grain completely, and some horses have reduced their grain intake. So if they have a lot of work, they are still eating a little bit of grain. If they don't have too much work, they're removing the grain completely, and the results have been amazing. Testimonials from some of our customers and you know, our customers couldn't be happier. They Our customers range anywhere from owners to trainers to riders. And like you said, in all discipline, disciplines, from race horses, quarter horses, jumpers, dressage, Grand Prix, and even just backyard horses. And, uh, and they're telling us that they're seeing amazing results. They're so happy with the way that their horses are behaving. And some of the comments that we get regularly are that, their their horses are actually performing better, that they're more focused, that they have a really great um, level of energy without getting hot. Um, riders are telling us that they notice a big difference in just the way that the horse acts when they ride them before and after fresh vet. Um, some customers have also said that their horses are building muscle in just the right places, that their their coats are getting very shiny. But, you know, to us, and we think that the most important um, benefit that we're seeing is that their digestive systems are working properly, meaning their gases uh, have been eliminated, so they have no pain. And by having no pain, they're being able to focus more when they're working and they're also just happier horses in general. When they're in their stalls, they're just feeling a lot better. Well, so if you're taking away the grain, how much are you feeding to compensate uh, of your product? The recommended amount is 10 pounds per day of fresh mat. And that's once a day or twice a day? Well, it's 10 pounds a day. So we have some horses who eat it all in one feeding 
And we have some horses who will lead it either in two or in three feedings. It all depends on how the owner or the trainer or the vet wants to feed it. But we have, you know, we have different horses that eat it in different ways. So some, some of them will eat it all at once. Some will eat in the morning and in the afternoon and some will eat three times a day. So it really depends on each individual horse's feeding schedule. This can accommodate but to so, however they currently feed. But uh, so your uh, little flyer we have here, you uh, deliver free fresh every day with uh, whatever monthly subscription or how does it work? Okay, so yeah, so the delivery works. Um, we do deliver every day to your barn, and the su- subscription is either one, three, or six months. And if you decide to um, give them, let's say, twice a day, then you would just have to put it, the rest of it away in a cool place so that it maintains its freshness. Um, we do not recommend you storing it for more than 24 hours, and that's in the fridge that you would have to keep it in if you were going to feed it, let's say, for the next day. And now for your distribution, I know you all are just getting started and you are covering a tremendous volume of barns, multidiscipline down here in Wellington and South Florida. You are, excuse me, uh, getting your expansion sort of organized here, your, your trajectory going forward. Can you tell us kind of what you're thinking about that? First of all, where, where is it available to be delivered to your barn currently and going forward? What are your plans to expand that to, to the rest of the areas? Okay, so currently we're available in southern Florida, so we're talking about mostly uh, Palm Beach, Broward, some of Dade County. Um, we go all the way from Loxahatchee to Miami, um, and we're in the process of developing a new technology that will allow us to deliver the product virtually anywhere and everywhere. Well, you guys check it out. It's fresh-mat.com. This is a startup right now in South Florida. This is a wonderful sprouted grain, non-GMO seeds, and you can get it all South Florida currently right now. They're going to be expanding nationwide very soon, so stay in contact with them. If you're in South Florida and you do want to order, you can use promo code, ha- code sorry, hashtag podcast horse radio network. So check it out. You guys get your next level of nutrition for your horse. And thank you, Sophia, for taking the time for us. We're very excited to have our horses on your product as well. Hey, waiting, <clears throat> waiting in the wings. We've got Anthony. So let's have him. Last but not least, we have our final guest, our resident cowboy here in Wellington, Anthony Douglas from Pine Tree Quarter Horses, bringing us some multidiscipline training theory. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? We are good. Well, maybe better than you. I don't know, because I think you're driving to a horse show far. I am. I am. But far, far. Good. I think it's he's good. actually currently on the road. That's what I'm all saying. He's the- driving. All in the day's work. Well, maybe it's only a day trip, though. I mean, I'm a cross-country traveler myself, or have been. I try to not do it as much these days. But you're, where is your destination? Wilmington, Ohio. Oh, okay. No, you are in for the long haul. I'm sorry, <laughs> buddy. I thought you were going to Georgia. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was discouraging. You can do it. Coffee. Oh, yeah. Don't drink too much water. You know, you're going to have to stop too many times. It makes it longer. Get uh, some Red Bull. We've, we've gotten out of we, we lay over halfway, so we don't go all Ooh. the way everywhere we go. So fancy. All right, we'll all get. right. So you're you're driving then. So you left today, huh? Headed that way. Yep. yep. This morning we sure did. Nice, nice. With all the corridors, this is just very fun. I'm sure you all have heard Anthony on before. We have him on periodically. He's a super horse trainer. He does all sorts of little tricks. He's been helping with a bunch of people in town, actually, here in Wellington, seasonal people and uh, year-round people. Also, people now shipping from elsewhere in the country, hunter-jumper folks, actually, with warm bloods, which are a little bigger, I think, than your quarter horses, it appears, when they're all there they together. Are. Yes, but I think you're in a the appropriate person for for the topic here because you 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 do you've got a lot of experience in both disciplines so we're super excited I, to have you on with some training theory. Oh, you're very welcome. I mean, they're all they treat them all the same, just but each one of them are different. So, yep, all horses, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, they are. 
Well, and, and Caroline and I both know we have to put in a shout out for you because you've done such a great job. We've had quite a few horses from multiple operations we work at over the last maybe six months or so with well, you. Look, hipster. Hipster was the worst. Y'all remember Hipster I was the black stallion that broke my hand and then we gelded him. Caroline. And I just rode him. The- and he was now. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect that. I did not expect that. Anthony, you did a super job. The horse feels great. Thank you. So and not like broke broke, you know. I mean like the horses, you know, and the other ones as well that went went back to the other operations, like you know, we deal with them daily too, and they're just um they're not they're they're kindly um, they're politely broke, you know, like they're, they're tr- like you know, for show jumpers. I mean, we like to get our show jumpers, you know, listening and broke and everything, but they need to be electric. They need to pop, you but know, they like keep if, their spirit. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if the horse spooks from the long side or jumps up in the air, you're like, well, yeah, I want it to jump up in the air over the jump high and not touch the rail. So like, that's part of it, you know, so we can't just have them dead to the world, but no, you're doing a great job. So we're very excited to get a little, a little, you know, how to here on our uh, multi cross-discipline training horsemanship. <laughs> We're ready. Well, well, what would you like to hear? Ask me a question. We had talked about doing a little bit of just sort of appreciating the different disciplines, the the differences, but also the similarities. You know, there, this is horse sport. All of it is horse it sport. Is. And you want a good, solid, good-minded, safe horse. For somebody to ride you know still up non-pros and stuff like that you want someone that's going to take care of their owner you know and us as the trainers and the professional riders we have to remember sometimes that they're not our horses somebody bought them and brought us to them for them to train for them to ride you know we have to make that horse want to go take care of its if it's mom its dad whoever the little child it has to do it has to be a good, solid individual for the for the uh, for the for the actual owner itself. And I think some people forget about that sometimes to try and make the horse all for them instead of making it. And I kind of like I do for you guys. Yes, I know you're going to take them on, teach them how to do the uh, how to jump and all that kind of stuff. But when he leaves my place, he's going to be able to stop, turn, you can put him where you want to. His body's going to be free, and and it's going to take its leads and and. It, they're just safe. And that's, I think it's one thing to get overlooked sometimes to hop on them and just go. So, which is so true. And like, if you want to look at that amongst, which has been super fun for us to work with you and your discipline and yeah, I'm sure vice versa too, because you've been training our horses over there. We're like, Anthony, you got to set a wide ground rail and get the horse to jump an ox or not a vertical, get the shoulder up, you know? And like when I was there right. the last time, you're like, Emily, you got to put it in a counterband and move it over for the lead change. Like we're getting a share which is so fun. I mean, we're all, you know, horse junkies here. We're so excited to learn the different things, but as much as there's so many differences and the horses are bred so different and everything, there seem to be so many similarities. And I think that's kind of like what you're touching on, you know, is like, we all have a very, very like common meeting ground here in horsemanship or we should. Yes, we, yes, we do. You know, and each, and then these horses, they're all so super bred anymore. Even in our industry, you're all the industry to the cutting horses, to the barrel horses, to dressage to everything they're bred to do that job you know and us as the the horsemen we have to bring out the best in that individual some of them may take a little longer some of them you know just like people they're naturals at it it takes them you know some of them have to work a little harder but they got the brain to do it may not have the talent but they got the brain and the work ethic to go on and still make some kind of nice horse somewhere down the road well, and so, so that's interesting. Exactly. Agreed. A hundred percent. Also, uh, guilty of not doing any flat work and just starting to jump jumps and just go in the ring because whatever, you know, we, we can get it done. Um, some people say, oh, well, you know, it's because the breeding is so different and I'm a big breeding fan, you know, I, you know, I stand a stallion and everything like this, but, um, you know, like the, yes, the breeding is different or breeding for certain sort of like special qualities, but like, shouldn't they all be and are they all capable to some degree of being kind of good, normal, okay, groundwork, leading, mounting, you you know, your, your uh, ground pen work, all of this. And you found that with the warm bloods, right? That even ours that are all, you know, top paper show jumpers, which is, meh, you know, eh, not so bred for suitability, mainly right. bred to crack the back. I want to, I want over the top of the standards. I don't want you even close to those rails. You know what I mean? Like that's top sport. Is that really like a nice trail horse? Probably not, but can it be? Emily, Shinora. 
Okay, well, Caroline's horse can't go on a trail ever. Well, maybe Anthony can but go on a trail. But she'll jump. But she jumps 50. over the top of the standards, yeah, because yep. she's not touching the jumps, you know? But I, but maybe in groundwork, like as a young horse, you do so many young horses, just like crossing the disciplines like that, kind of meeting in the middle. Like we all, with all the horses, we need to have that nice, like well-rounded ground training. I think we're kind of all, not even ground training, but, you know, foundation rather. Right. Like we're all kind of you said it right that. there. They need a solid foundation, you know, and they need this little bit of consistency that they learn, you know. And it's like, I'm sure like some of our older show horses, we don't ride them every day. We don't go drill what they do showing wise. We take them just cruise them around because you know, once they get to a point, they know their job and you don't want to bore them with their job. You want them still enjoy, just like a person, you still want to go enjoy what you do every day, which is why I like being a horse trainer for a living because I don't feel like I go to work every day because every day is a whole other ball game, you know, and that's why I like to challenge up the different horses, the different breeds. But, it, you know, you, you learn from something from each one of those individuals on a daily basis because no two horses are the same. Oh, no, absolutely. For sure. And and they're not the same. Yeah, you need to listen to them. But also, in a way, you know, we are kind of, you know, we're all dealing with horses here. Um, so mainly, OK, like overview, working with these different warm bloods, quarter horses and everything like this, which, again, you all can check it out online. It's PineTreeQH.com. That's Anthony Douglas. And he's also on Facebook. Um, but can you give us like maybe an example of like a common skill that every horse should have that often doesn't, you know, I mean, you're dealing with many different disciplines yeah. here. In my point of view, one needs to be able to be tied to a wall and lead <laughs> Perfect. and lead well and lead well and learn to give to that pressure, you know, and like a lot and of them. Yeah. And that's where a lot of them don't know that. And they put the brakes on and they're like leading like, you know, a cow or something, you know, and that's why. I am blessed. I have a good pony horse, and I teach all of them. I don't care if you're a warm blood, if you're a quarter horse, walking horse, whatever, anything I get to ride, I take them and I pony them. That way they learn to give us that pressure at a young age. You know, that, that makes everything easier. Say when you're tied up, like you guys, y'all cross tie a lot. They're going to feel the pressure. They're not going to freak out and step back. They're going to learn to give to that pressure softly. And also going to learn because, you know, you guys are a little shorter than me. They're learning <laughs> to give that pressure on the pole, put their head down, put the bridles on you know i mean that to me giving to the pressure is one of the first things that each horse needs to learn and it needs to be and you can do it so well without scaring when that do it right without scaring them i think it's foundation right i mean you put a proper foundation you're running you're hunting you're jumping you're running foundation so if you all are ever in Wellington or you just want a little little info, whatever, check out Anthony, PineTreeQH.com. He's also on Facebook, and we will have him on again. He has a wealth of knowledge. And good luck on the road, Anthony. Thank you all very much for having me. Well, that was awesome hearing from Anthony and all of our guests. I hope you all enjoyed the show. This was super fun for us to actually put together. And I'm also very grateful to be out of the emergency room. I love being out in the open and real life and riding horses again. And also, if you want to check out our title sponsor, as usual, is S-Equestrian, E-C-E-Equestrianco.com. We have all sorts of new options for custom shirts, custom liners, and also made-to-order show jackets. And hey, stay tuned because we are coming out with breaches, people. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. I know. They are going to be so cool. They are going to be so, so cool. So thank you all for listening. We love doing the show, and we will talk to you next month.